0: Welcome to part two of our series called Tremble. It's such an incredible series to be preaching through and I trust God that it will really move us. It's not the easiest thing to listen to um, when it comes to the scriptures that we read through because it is God's word challenging our hearts and challenging us to grow and to change and to transform more into the image of Christ. And so sometimes it is difficult to process but God is with us. His Spirit is there to help us and to challenge us, to comfort us as we grow into the image of Christ. So part two of Tremble. And I call it Tremble because Tremble is a word in the Bible that links closely to the fear of God. The, the fear of God. And that's really what this series is based on. I mentioned last week in the sermon that the Barner Research Group um, and John Bevere did a lot of research and uh, ties into the Bonner Research Group in his book that he wrote on the fear of God that I encourage you to go and read. What a, a brilliant writer on this topic and they showed that between the year 2000 and 2020 that in America alone about 40 million Christians have walked away from church, away from the faith and now they're many reasons that they give but basically John Bevere comes down to it all ties down into how the body of Christ has lost the fear of God the fear of his word if we lose the fear of God and his word then what happens is we begin to compromise in so many areas of our lives and we are drawn away easily and deceived easily by culture by society By anything that goes and so the pressure is put on the church the body of Christ when it comes to culture and what society is teaching and what they're saying and so we are drawn away and we compromise and we step back and we question the word of God and then we become weak and we fall away. And that's what the Bible warns us about in the last days, that many will leave the faith. It's just the prophecy that's coming true, that many will leave the faith and walk away because of the evil times we live in and because of how people will be twisting the Word of God. And so I encourage you, as the body of Christ, to stand strong in God's Word, to fear, to honor, to revere, to hold high in high esteem the Word of God and God Himself. Worship him, adore him and his word above all else so that you would stand strong in these last days, in these testing times and honor God with your lives. And so many are leaving the faith because of really a lack of fear of God. Many people fall away from God and it comes down to this thing, that people do not fear God. They do not have a reverence and an awe for God. Many people live lukewarm lives because of a lack of fear of God. I believe many people rob themselves of a beautiful and powerful, intimate relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit because they lack the fear of God. Many Christians are not deep in their walk with God and firm in their Christian foundation because of a lack of fear of God. Many people don't read the word of God. They don't pray. They don't spend time in God's presence. They compromise in their walk with God because of a lack of fear of God. And so I want to encourage you to fear God's word. Value it. Fear God's leadership. Honor it. Revere it. I want you to trust God that you would fear his leadership and his rule in your life. That he would become the one that you honor in every way, as the leader of your home, of your marriage, of your relationships, of your lifestyle choices, of your business decisions, that you would fear his leadership, that he would be the leader of your life in every way. I mentioned last week this beautiful picture that I had um, when I was lying awake the previous week, and I believe God just showed me this picture just in terms of how the church is at the moment and what's been going on and it's that picture of the, um, the soccer field. When you are standing by, and maybe you can tune into my last week's sermon, but I'll mention it again now. Imagine you standing by a soccer match, and your child is on the soccer field, playing soccer, but they're struggling, and they really are making a mess of the game. And they are struggling to kick the ball because then maybe their coordination is not great, and the ball passes them again and again and again and they miss the ball and they try and kick it and someone comes and intercepts and steals the ball and then finally they get the ball and they're running up the field and they're trying to dribble it and they're just tripping over their feet and they can't kick it and they, they try and eventually shoot at the posts to score a goal but before they know it someone takes the ball away from them and once again they get another opportunity and they just fail horribly and miserably and eventually they're so frustrated and so angry that your child picks up the ball with their hands and runs and just throws it or kicks it into the goals and runs off. Now, in a situation like that, as a parent watching your child, I'm sure your heart would break for your child. You would feel so much gra- like grace and compassion and frustration for your child. Now, imagine if your child picked up the ball and ran and did something like that. There would be two ways to respond. Either you would respond... Which would be the wrong way, but you would respond and say, My child is just frustrated, guys. Be be compassionate, be you know, show some grace and some mercy towards my child. And you would not want people to scream and shout at your child saying, What are you doing? And you'd out of grace and love and compassion say to people, just understand. They're frustrated, they they're really struggling. Just allow them to do what they want. Or you could out of love and grace and compassion in that same way, you could respond to your child and coach them and say, my boy or my girl, listen, you can't do that. You can't. I know you're frustrated. I know you're hurting. I know you, you're really angry and you, you're really struggling, but you can't do that. This is what you've got to do. And you help and you coach them. You see, the thing is, in the, the game like that, if they were to pick up the ball and do their own thing, they would be disqualified from the game. They would be sent off, yellow carded or something. And here's what it comes down to in the Christian walk is that many times, out of let's call it grace or compassion, we are looking at people that are struggling, that are not understanding God's word and willing to come to terms with God's word. And so they're struggling, they're frustrating, they're hurting, and they're living a life of compromise or living against God's word. And then often, as Christians, we stand by and we cry out saying guys just let them do what they want you can't be so harsh or judgmental on them or you can't correct them because they, they're struggling and they, they're hurting just allow them to do what they want and sometimes we have that attitude towards people in the church in the body of Christ or even ourselves just because we're, we, we're feeling a certain way or because we are struggling with certain feelings Just just be gracious and allow us to wrestle with these things and So we allow people to compromise and we allow ourselves to walk a life of compromise and sin. Not willing to be corrected by God's word. And then we see the church in a lot of mess and we see people just walking away from God and Christianity taking on its own model far from God's word. And it just leads to a life of destruction. It leads to a life being disqualified in the end. And so we've got to come to God's word and in grace and love and compassion motivate each other, strengthen each other, fire each other up to come back to God's word and to walk according to God's ways. Let me encourage you this morning or this evening, wherever you are listening to the sermon, if it's online, holy fear does not push us away from God. Holy fear is the most powerful thing if I can call it that, to build our intimacy with God. Holy fear is what will build your intimacy with God. Holy fear is what lays the correct foundation to build a life that will be full of God's glory and His presence. Oh man, if we had a holy fear that comes upon the church, a holy reverence for God, an honor, a love for God like never seen before, we will experience the glory and the power and the presence and the intimacy with God that God has called us to walk in. Holy fear is what we need in our lives. To have a holy fear is to tremble with awe and love at the presence of God and at his word. Psalm 119 verse 161 says, Rulers persecute me without cause, but my heart trembles at your word. My heart trembles at your word. Oh, believer, do we tremble at God's word when we read it? Does it shake us to our core where we want to just honor God and live according to what his word says. The ESV says my heart stands in awe of your word. To be in complete awe of his word and his presence is what is needed in our lives and that is what will facilitate an atmosphere for God's presence to manifest beautifully in our lives if we are in awe of him and his word. And so to recap again, to fear God is not to be afraid, not to be terrified. It's not to be scared of God, but it's to highly esteem Him and His Word, to greatly respect Him, to honor Him, to adore Him, to admire Him, to worship Him, to adore Him above anything or anyone else in this world. In the, let me share something with you in the Drakensberg in the winter we've been there before when it was minus eight or minus ten freezing cold and they would build these massive bonfires in the middle of a circle for campers to come and stand at. and this fire would be huge can you picture a bonfire the size of a house burning and you're freezing cold now imagine you running up to this fire Imagine you running up to this fire because you want its warmth. You would do it still very carefully. You would not be able to just run up to this fire and approach it without caution because you understand its power and the heat that comes from it. And so you would do it with caution. You would approach this fire, this blazing fire with caution. The Bible says in a beautiful scripture, In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 to 29 that wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire and so how do we approach Our God as a consuming fire, a God of holiness and awe and wonder, our mighty, powerful God. How do we approach Him? With reverence and with fear. The way you would approach a great burning fire. You wouldn't just run up to it without caution or care. You would do it in a respectable way. The Bible says there that we serve God acceptably. With reverence and godly fear. If there was a way to serve God acceptably, like the Bible says, it's this with fear and with godly reverence and awe. If you were to meet somebody of high importance, maybe someone of royalty that you've never met before, and you were to come into their presence, you would want to know how to approach them. You may ask somebody what to do when you're in their presence. How do I greet them? Do I go down on my knees? Do I even look them in the face? Um, Please prepare me to meet this person. What do I do that would be acceptable in their presence to meet this person? And people would have to prepare you in the right way so that you don't go in and you're not disrespectful in their presence. And here the Bible says that there's a right way, an acceptable way to serve God and to worship Him. And the way it says that is to serve God acceptably and it's only by and with reverence and with godly fear because God is a consuming fire. The two Greek words there for reverence and fear, reverence is eidos in Greek, which means a profound, adoring, awed respect. And the word for fear there is eulabia in Greek and it means awe. And so you come to God and you serve Him acceptably with awe, with a profound, adoring, awed respect of God. John Bevere says, If there is no fear of God, there can be no presence of God. If there is no fear of God, there can be no uh, presence of God. And so, if we fear God, the presence of God will be there. If we do not fear God, we cannot expect to have His presence manifest in our lives. Out of fear for God comes a great love for God. And Jesus says that I will manifest myself to those who love me. John says, John Devere says, when we fear God, we take on His heart. We love what He loves and we hate what He hates. And that's what the Bible says, to fear God is to hate what He hates, to hate evil. So what is important to God becomes important to us. What is not important to God should not be important to us. So to fear God means to hate sin. To hate injustice, to fear God means to depart from evil in every way, to do away with it in every thought, every word, every action is to refrain from doing and speaking and thinking in the ways that we should not speak and think and act in. God wants us to live a life of holiness so that we can experience more and more of His presence and His blessings in our lives. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of god Then niv says therefore since we have these promises dear friends let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates contaminates body and spirit Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. The Bible says there, purify yourself from everything that contaminates. The word contaminates means taints, pollutes, defiles. It means to make something impure or unclean. So it says, get rid of all those things that pollute the body and the spirit. You see, sin, we can't get away from it. Sin pollutes It contaminates, it poisons the body and the spirit, the Bible says. And we've got to get rid of it out of a holy reverence and fear for God. Become more holy. That's the walk of sanctification that God has called us to. And we do it out of a love and a reverence and a fear for God. True reverence and a true fear in a believer's life leads to true sanctification let me go into a beautiful psalm this morning psalm chapter 25 verse 12 to 14 it's a psalm that speaks about the fear of God and the fear of God's people but some of the beautiful blessings and the rewards that come with the fear of God psalm chapter 25 verse 12 to 14 says who then are those who fear the Lord he will instruct them, and he's speaking of those that fear the Lord, He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. In other words, what's beautiful there, he's saying that those who fear the Lord will get divine instruction. God will instruct those who fear Him. And that's something that I think we're often asking for. We're asking God in our business place, in our work decisions, in our daily lives, God, lead me and guide me. Give me your instruction direction in my life but God promises here that he will only give direction and guidance to those who fear him so here's maybe an answer for us this uh, this morning in our lives if we are trusting God for direction divine godly direction and guidance in our lives we've got to understand that it will come from a life and from a place of reverence and fear for him Man, God will, he wants to direct your life. He wants to give you guidance. But he needs us to come to a place of reverence and awe of him and his word. Verse 13 says, they will spend, speaking of those who fear the Lord, they will spend their days in prosperity. What a blessing. That's God's word for us. He wants us to spend our days in blessing and prosperity. And he says, and their descendants will inherit the land. So only those who fear God and walk with God will spend days in prosperity and will see a blessing come upon their descendants. Verse 14, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. The New King James Version says the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. The H CSB, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, a great interpretation, also says, The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear Him. Isn't that quite special? In other words, that the secrets and God's secret counsel and wisdom and his, His heart is made known to those who walk in reverence with Him, in a fear, a godly fear in their relationship with Him. He will make known His secret counsel. To your heart. If you walk in reverence with God, God will make his heart and his counsel and his covenants known personally to you. It will become revelation to you in your life as you walk with him in that way. I really want to conclude this message briefly today. And I want to ask you to pray and to seek God, to come to him and to ask him. That the fear of God would fall upon your life. That the fear of God would mark your life. That you would be able to walk day by day saying, I fear the Lord. I'm a man and a woman that fears God, that walks with God intimately. That reveres, that honors God above all else. That does not live a life of compromise, but lives boldly and courageously for the Lord God. according to his word Lord Lord we pray may our lives be marked with the fear of God as we live out your word as we tremble at your word may you fill us with your presence may you manifest yourself in ways that are greater and greater in our lives May your presence, may your glory fill our lives. I pray, God, that as every person is repenting again today as they hear your word from a life of compromise, repenting and truly wanting to acknowledge your word and live according to your word. Lord, right now I pray that your glory and your presence would touch their life. Fill them, God, I pray. Bless them and anoint them greatly with your presence. May blessing, may your divine counsel and wisdom be made known to them today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.